0: Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom.
1: All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here today. Those online, thanks for joining and being part of our family and our study here and the, uh, the book of Acts. Uh, let me open in prayer, and we, then we'll go from there. Father, Yahuwah, great and mighty you are. Father, there is none like you. Father, we come today to hear from you, to hear the words of your Son, your words. And Father, to be encouraged and empowered by your Spirit. Father, be with us so we can grow closer to you. Give us wisdom and insight, Father. Those things come from you. And we we thank you again for your love and your mercy. Amen. Alright, so the normal, normal things, as you guys know, uh, again, our online family, thanks for joining, and those who donate, thank you so much, uh, and supporting uh, this ministry, and the greater ministry here at Living Messiah, um, uh, as you know, uh, if you have a comment or question, just raise your hand, the mic will find its way to you. And we just ask, be on the subject that we're talking. We don't want to get too far ahead because we all want to learn together because that's the purpose of this Bible study as well. So, um, and... On that, when you get the mic, make sure you bring it close to your mouth so it, everyone can hear Ward. Uh, that helps him back there as he adjusts the sound for all his technological genius that he does. So it's a, this is a multimedia event, if you didn't know. And thank you, Ward, for all that which you do. Good to see you, guys. Good to see you. So as far as uh, review, we'll go to... Um, Sorry, don't get this mic on that there. Maybe that'll work. As far as review, last week, last week, Elohim or God gave us a picture. And that picture was there was a difference in the death of the righteous and the death of the unrighteous. So what we saw was those whose faith in the word of Elohim and those who had faith in themselves and made themselves out to be Elohim. So you saw the big difference there. So ultimately, it's choosing the words of You choosing Elohim's words. And in that, by choosing, that is choosing life. That might kind of sum up last week. So so where we're going here in chapter 13, and again, a little bit of... uh, sort of review just, just the way the study's going so we understand, um, understand that story in how, it, how it's flowing. We had Peter, he escaped from prison, and that was in the midst of a famine, okay? And that was right before Peter's encounter with this messenger who ate him to escape, right? There was prophets that came from Jerusalem to Antioch, Okay? Remember, one of the prophets' name was uh, uh, Hagab- Hagabah? okay, meaning grasshopper or locust. Was, I think that was kind of interesting in itself. So, But this particular prophet, he indicated that by the Spirit, there was going to be a great scarcity of food all over the world so, or the land. So what that did is, so the taught ones that were in Antioch, they decided to send relief to their brothers dwelling in Judah, in the promised land, in Israel, okay? Most likely, it probably was in the form of money. They, I don't see them collecting a whole bunch of loaves of bread and and heading on down to Jerusalem. So it was probably money so they could purchase and that was then for, uh, that was for the assembly that was down in Jerusalem. So they did, and they sent the elders by the hands of Barnabas, or Barnabas, or Barnabas, and, and Shaul, or Paul. So that's where we're going to kind of pick up that story, because in between there was about Peter. It started right there, and all of a sudden you had this, Uh, Peter and now we're back to that continuation of that storyline okay and a thumbs up would be great too thank you so we're um, where are we so we're coming up from Jerusalem to Antioch that's the way they're traveling and the word of Elohim went on, going and spreading, and Barnabas and, and Shaul returned from Jerusalem, having completed the service, and having taken with them John, who was also called Mark. So Barnabas and uh, Shaul, they returned uh, to Antioch after taking this relief um, to the assembly down in Jerusalem. But Next, the storyline of the spreading of the good news by the Spirit is going to shift now from Jerusalem to the other assemblies outside of the land and ultimately to the nations by default. So, to the nations. These other assemblies, they're not churches. <laughs> they're not churches. That idea has not existed yet. They are, are assemblies, okay? They, uh, so what they're doing is they're going to Jewish communities. In the center of the, the Jewish community is the synagogue. We've talked about that. Um, now, though uh, there are uh, this, the synagogues that are outside the land, even though they're somewhat different, you know, more laxed in some things, Alrighty, righty. Uh, it, they are different from the synagogues that are real close into the Holy Land or in, in Jerusalem itself. Now, that being, there might be a little bit different traditions that, they, uh, that differ between the two. Um, but the one thing is they... Whether it's good or bad traditions isn't really this uh, the the idea. It's knowing that these two uh, knowing the different traditions, that plays a part in how we would understand certain things outside of the land with the synagogues. I probably didn't make that sound right. let me Let me see if I can clarify that more. So remember Paul, who was he was introduced into the story. Uh, and then that focus went to Peter, and now we're back to Saul. Right here we have this idea, the word of Elohim is spreading. So, we have to ask ourselves questions. What's the word of Elohim? seems to be a no-brainer, right? But what is the word of Elohim? I would suggest, if there's no comments, I would suggest the word of Elohim is the good news. But I would say the good news is the word of Elohim. I don't think there's any big difference between the two. So as we hear, oh, the word of Elohim went by, what was that? It was good news, and it was the word of Elohim. And there's only one word of Elohim. And that is very important for at least how I see it. What is, this, what is that word of God? Well, it has already been clearly defined in the only scriptures at that time, meaning it's all Old New Testament is where the good news is, and that's the word of Elohim. Okay, so it cannot change into something theologically different at this point. Okay, just to clarify, to make sure that I'm not making this up, Deuteronomy 4.12 says this, And Yahweh spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard a voice of words but saw no form, and, they only, and you only heard a voice. And he said, no, um, And he made known to you, this is Moses speaking, he made known to you this covenant which he commanded you to do, the ten words, right? He wrote them on two tablets of stone, yeah, but it continues. And Yehovah commanded me at that time to teach you the laws and the right rulings that come from the principle of the ten words, the ten commandments. The expanding upon that, Elohim's word on those things. So, and it goes on because this is what you're going to do because you're going to, this is getting you, this will help you pass over to the promised land. You need to take this with your promise to the Promised Land. So we're back at Paul and Barnabas. Ultimately, it's their like first journey that's recorded here, and that's in chapter thirteen, uh, and that's where we're going to head to. If there's no other questions.
0: Oh, Mark, I was just going to point out that this word, the Greek word for the word "word" is logos, and we look at the. Tanakh, especially in the Torah, in Exodus 24, uh, it says, uh, Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of Yahweh and all the ordinances, and he says, all the logos which Yahweh has spoken, we will do. So it's those words, that's the word that's being referenced here, the same that's being used here in Exodus 24. Awesome. Thank you.
1: So nothing's changing. To know the word of Elohim, to understand it, you have to go back to where it was established and what was given to the people. Thank you, Mark. So here, let's begin 13. And in the, excuse me, in the assembly that was in Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers both Barnabas and uh, Simeon who is uh, and Simeon who is called Niger and Lucius in Cyrene and Manahem who had been brought up with Herodes the district ruler and Shaul and as they were going uh, uh, as they were doing service to the master and fasting, the set-apart spirit said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Shaul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and having laid hands on them, they sent them away. So they, having been sent out by the set-apart spirit, went down to uh, Seleucia, Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So what we have here, in some ways, uh, not sure how far we'll get, but first of all, we have in, this is in Antioch, the assembly where, uh, where this is focused on, we have prophets and teachers. So ultimately, here it seems to be the leadership of this assembly in Antioch, which is Barnabas is one of them. And alongside, Shaul was included into this leadership that's in Antioch in some way or form. So to recount a little bit, back in Acts 11.25, Barnabas went to Tarsus to seek Shaul. There was that point that he went to look for Shaul and he brought him to Antioch. So this is making sense so far. But here's the point. And there there for an entire year, both Barnabas and Saul, Saul taught the assembly that was in Antioch. So they were teaching here in Antioch which only backs up what we're reading here in 13 as well. But I might add, because we did looked into Paul's who Paul was, regardless, I think he would say, I would say, well, you're going to have to say that he was very, his background in Torah and being a Pharisee, he was a great addition to the assembly. And you have to agree with that because most of your New Testament that you read is of Paul's writings, all right? So, so and ultimately, he would have great insight for sure. He, um, this also shows that Paul has gained confidence now with this assembly of believers Um to the point that he was a changed man, because remember they didn't want nothing to do with Paul in Jerusalem because he was the one who was out persecuting them. But it seems like okay, he he was he must have changed. There, he's part of the assembly. Yes, Mark. I was just going to point
0: out the the key part of of chapter thirteen here is in verse two, where it says, "I'm sorry," in verse three, where it says, "fasted, prayed." laying on of hands yes yes huge and when that happened sent out by the holy spirit fasting praying laying on of hands really important
1: no i i i, I agree 100 percent too so paul is no longer persecuting those who are following messiah obviously he's part of the assembly here because the last time he was in jerusalem his his fellow brothers turned on him, and he fled to Tarsus, okay? So real quickly, there's a lot of drama going on here if we take the time to really soak in the story and the the events happening, okay? When you look at the bigger, larger picture. So this leadership in Antioch, they anointed Paul and Barnabas like Mark was pointing out, with prayer and laying on of hands. So Paul and Barnabas, they were commissioned, anointed with oil maybe. I don't know, it doesn't say, but who knows how they did it. But the point is, the assembly showed agreement with Paul, Paul's and Barnabas' mission to do what they're about to do. And that was to take this good news to the nations, which would be the word of Elohim. So, Paul's missionary journeys were were sanctioned and supported by this assembly here in Antioch. And not the assembly in Jerusalem, obviously. There was a a difference. Yeah, was there a difference in maybe leadership of these two assemblies? Yeah, because we know Peter and James they were seemed to be the leaders that were in the Jerusalem assembly. Now I'm mentioning this, but I must point out something I think is very important here. There is no division of fund, uh, of the foundational doctrines of faith, faith here to these assemblies. It's not, I think it would, you would be, it'd be falsely assumed that there is some kind of split going on. I've read some things, it's like, okay, you had Jerusalem, they were doing one thing, and all of a sudden Antioch, this is where things changed. No, I don't agree with that. Because the Torah, the instructions from Mount Sinai, the word of Elohim, was what they both followed and supported and spoke and went out okay and that's just as messiah did as well because messiah followed everything that his father said which was no different what was given to the people so they could recognize the prophet or any prophet and that's going to be interesting as we go further here mark they they
0: Constantly proclaim that they are following the way and they also give warning to the churches that they're going to That if anybody says something contrary to what we're teaching Which you can see what they're teaching right here. It says they're teaching the word so They're they're not like you said. There's not separate things going on here.
1: No, not at all And we and that's where we can't allow any kind of theology come in and change you know, what that basic uh, foundation was. I think it's important. Um, there, you got a mic over there? Mike got the mic. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I thought, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> uh, just a couple quick thoughts. One, like you're saying, yes, at, up to this point, thank you, uh, Antioch was not, Separated from the same teaching as Jerusalem, but if I'm not mistaken, Ignatius became the bishop of Antioch later on, and that's where the Gentile church separated from Jerusalem. So, up to this point, they're teaching the truth because Paul believed everything in the law and the prophets, but later on,
1: oh, yeah, things got later on, Antioch
2: became the place where the Gentile church separated from its Jewish roots. But I want to read just one quick verse here in light of what you're saying in Romans chapter one about the scriptures. It says Paul a bondservant of Messiah Yeshua called as an apostle set apart for the gospel or the good news of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. Yeah. So Paul saying everything about the gospel is found in the Holy Scriptures beforehand. There's nothing new invented.
1: Exactly. Thank you. So we can't forget one of the it's been it's been spoken already, but let's bring it to the forefront again. One of the important characters that's part of this whole thing is a set-apart spirit. He's part of this. Okay? So the Father doesn't change. Right? You would agree. And whatever comes from the Father isn't going to change. So that means the Spirit's not changing here either. The Spirit has been consistently the same from Genesis to Revelations. From the Garden. And I think these are... I'm pointing these out because these are key aspects for us to hold on to. That I believe they're things that we we have, we can't change from. We might not understand it all, okay, but we can't just upright and say one day, nowadays the spirit does things different like how he was doing back then, you know, and you can see what a big hole you could dig yourself in, probably literally. Um, Yes.
0: I thought it was interesting that it says the set-apart spirit said separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. Um, I can't recall anywhere else where we read the set-apart spirit said, but then right after that you have they fasted and prayed and laid hands, and then the next in verse 4, again, they were sent out by the set-apart spirit. So it seems like the fasting and praying and laying on of hands, that that was like, are are we sure we're hearing from the set-apart spirit? You know, let's make sure this lines up and let's let's fast and pray and... And then it was like a yes, okay, and it's said as if it's fact, but I would love to know what that looked like and what that sounded like. I, no, I,
1: I know, and that's and I think that I'm glad you bring that out. How does this happen? How did it happen? Because even if you go back and uh, you know, the word of Elohim came. Well, what did the word of Elohim look like? That's and that's where I think we want to like oh, but that's not the important part. It's the voice that you can't hear. You know, those are the, the, those important aspects. Even with um, Isaiah speaks about, it. we didn't look upon him as he was some handsome guy. Because it wasn't the point of what Messiah looked like. It was what he did. You you know those are the important parts, and we get trapped into look at our world. Where, I mean, we're st- all of us are still dealing with that mindset. It's how something looks, and not necessarily you know the way it looks function later, but we're <laughs> you, you know that type of thing. So, uh, but uh, no, I am like that. How do, but remember Paul when he was blinded, he was sent to someone, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was uh, I. Th- Think it was him that's the that the spirit said to him, I ha, I'm going to call him out to so, do to the nations." So, you know, again, the spirit's not changing. You know, Paul, for sure. Barnabas is maybe new here as far as being given this as well. But we don't know the history of all of Barnabas. We just, Shaul seems to be the important one um, that's gotten to us and written down, you know. So, Paul, did you have a, your hand up? I didn't see. Okay. So, again, this set apart spirits is in the background always, and maybe he's in the foreground all the time, and we have to realize that. Okay. And ultimately, this goes back to the promise of the Father that Messiah said would come, right? One of the major offices, if we could call it, that the Spirit is, is a guide. And if you remember clear what Messiah said that Spirit was to do, convict you, to guide you, come alongside you, but in what manner? Just to be a comforter? I'm not going to throw that completely out, no. But to guide you to all truth, because that's the ultimate rest. That you're going to have so that means the Spirit's going to take you where back to Mount Sinai to the Father's words because he's not changing however you want to look at how that works I don't know but it all points back there you know even if you want to label some kind of breakdown of the Godhead you're still gonna have to go back to Mount Sinai if you're if you're honest with the text right that's my two cents on that. <laughs> so, they left Antioch, and uh, they left Antioch to the closest seaport to sail to the island of Cyprus, which is, by the way, the home of Barnabas. I found out. So, Indiana Jones music. Remember how... Okay, we're... And we're here at the home of Barnabas in Cyprus. And having come to Salmis, they proclaimed, again, what? The word of Elohim in the congregations of the Euudeem or the Jews. And they also um, also had um, excuse me, and they also had John as an intendant. Um, uh, he, he was serving them in one fashion or another. He carried their luggage. I don't know, and he and having passed through all the island uh, uh, Paphos, they found a certain magician, a false prophet, a Jew, a Udite, whose name was Bar Yeshua. So before we get to that point, we don't want to jump to that. Let's first look at verse five again. They proclaim the word of Elohim, right? I think we. Kind of establish what that is. It's good news, and it's from him, so it's all got to be good news, unless you're on the wrong side of Elohim, right?
0: Yes. So I want to add this to what Renee said. So in Second Samuel twenty-three two, it says, "The Spirit of Yahweh spoke by me, and His word was on my tongue." Hmm. Second Samuel twenty-three two.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Mark. So, verse 5 where did they go? They went to a congregation, an assembly. I would guess a synagogue, possibly, here. And they were Jews. Here we have only the Jews. And let's add in God-fears, okay? But it's only Jews at this point. So this is the audience of those who were the god fears. The whole audience, whether Jew or god fear, they're familiar with the God of Israel in one way or another. And I'm saying this because we need to look at the look at it this idea of Gentiles. I like using the word nations for the most part. By using Gentiles, we tend to have all oh, that's a somewhat of a separation and other things going on. But I think what we have to do when we're using the word gentile, and this is my personal view so far looking at stuff we have to understand the context that that's being used in to understand what's being what's being conveyed you know but if i if we would say right now saul went out to the gentiles well guess what there's no really gentiles here except for god fears in in that sense they were part of judaism so he went to the synagogues he didn't go to foreign people who did not know the God of Israel. You see how easy to me that can be misunderstood, knowing the context. So if we say, Paul went to the nations, he went to the Jews outside of the nations, and God fears, and then eventually to others who do not know the God of Israel. You know, because if we just say Gentiles, we all have, it's like, okay, we can instantly be changing, maybe some theological, jumping to theological ideas that are maybe not really present there in the context of the history, how it's happened. And that's what I think is important. So, they passed through Cyprus, let me see my time, okay. They passed through Cyprus to the other side of the island to a town called uh, uh, Papos, Right, Indiana's music, right? All right, they got to the other side of the island now. So, having, I'll go ahead and read this again. Having come to Samias, they proclaimed the word of Elohim in the congregations of the Yudim, and they also had John as an attendant, and having passed through all the island to uh, Papos, they found a certain magician, a false prophet, a, a Jew whose name was Bar-Yashua, who was with the pro, uh, pro, proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of understanding. This man, having called for Barnabas and Saul, earnestly sought to hear the word of Elohim. But Emus, the magician for... For so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the uh, proconsul. Is that how you say that? Correct? Say it again. Proconsul, I'm saying it correctly? Proconsul, away from uh, the belief. Then uh, Saul, Shaul, filled with the set apart spirit, looked intently at him and. That's going to be a cliffhanger. So, well, let's go back get a little bit what's going on. This uh, Sergius. He's a Roman. It's pointed out he's an intelligent man. Having understanding. He's wise. He's learned. However you want to look at it. You know, he's in a position. Not just. However, he's in this position, it's also added that adjective to him that he's, he's pretty smart, right? It's a governor of this providence here in ancient Rome is the position that he's holding. He's ha- he has much of authority and authority in whatever council goes on there. So he's an important person. So he got there with brains, let's say, if I could add. So what I think is interesting here, here I saw a theme. One of the underlying subjects is a wise man, a prophet, and a magician. And you're like, okay. When I was doing this study, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Where's the next to go? And I don't know. I whether it was the most high or whatever, I don't know. I'm just saying it's like all of a sudden I'm seeing okay, there's something interesting going on here because people are going to want to talk about this false prophet, of course, right? And then we're going to talk about the false prophet and then we're going to throw around the word prophet and then I'm thinking, maybe we should understand what a prophet is from the foundation before it gets thrown around. All right? That's where I always come from and I, I say that only because Over the years, I've learned some of these words. It's like, hmm, that's being used incorrectly because the Father's has forced me back to understanding more what he's saying. So all I would want to do then is share this little bit here. Now, most likely, we're not going, I'm going to start it a little bit. But next week is where I really want to fully go through this idea of profit, okay? And I think it hopefully it'd be uh, insightful to, me, to you. It was to me because I saw some other things going on. that's like, wow, I never connected such and such in that manner. And I could be wrong, but we'll see how it goes, right? So even back before Barnabas and Saul set out on this journey, it, um, it was prophets and teachers in the assembly that aided the body of believers there. Okay, so you can see where this idea of prophet was introduced already in this section of the storyline that we're looking at. Okay, so what I have in my mind is okay, we got prophets and teachers, we got this wise man that pops up, right, and we got a magician. Now, is there a similarity to those ideas that, at least for me, I thought maybe, oh wow. Yeah there's some there's an undercurrent of something here that at least I thought I saw. So this is the subject I think is important to understand ultimately like I said from a biblical point of view not our own right? So we can start right here with this uh uh this one being labeled as a false prophet. Bar bar Esos, Bar-Jesus, or Bar-Yashua, is the name of this Jewish uh, magician. He's a Jewish prophet. But here the author points out he's just not a prophet. He has something added to him. He's a false prophet. His words are way... His words are way... Do not match that of Elohim of Israel, or at least they don't match what Paul and Barnabas are doing. Okay? So we can't we can't say that the synagogue's involved here, because why is he a magician? I think he would even kind of be rejected in some sense from the synagogue because being a magician is a no-no, right? <laughs> in the basics. I don't a lot of that I'm kind of speculating on, okay? So, being a Jew, he ultimately he should know better not to be in that sort of business or practice. Magician here is not the same as we would call illusionists, or, or or in that in that in that aspect. But I'm not going to say there isn't some things that don't cross over with illusionists and magicians. Okay, but for now, let's kind of put that off to the side and. Get biblical so to speak on this idea because ultimately it's just a sleight of eye, a sleight of hand smoke and mirrors and all kinds of stuff but even behind that is an illusion of something that is not and it's an outright lie magicians lie to you right